Yesterday was Sunday, March 19th, and it was the second Sunday in a row that the Federal Reserve felt compelled to make an announcement to the public, to reassure everyone they're doing something. Don't need to know what it is, but they're doing something and they're making a big deal out of it, especially this one. This one happens to be global. Whereas last Sunday they were talking about Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, regional U.S. Bank, something about funding and depositors there, a brand new four-letter program called the BTFP. This Sunday sounded more global than national because it was, again, these central bank liquidity swaps or overseas dollar swaps. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, haven't these dollar swaps been around for basically 15, almost 16 years now? And the answer is yes. These dollar swaps go all the way back to December 2007. And they have been used in repeated fashion during times like this. And the Fed continues to make different announcements about them because they keep changing the terms. Way back when, they started with a very fixed allotment, small allotment, very few central bank counterparties, and decided that wasn't working. So they raised the allotment, added a few more central bank counterparties. That didn't seem to work. So then they went to, instead of a fixed allotment, made it a full-on auction where unlimited amounts at whatever price, but the price was set by the Fed, and the Fed was OIS plus 100, then it was OIS plus 50, and lately it's OIS plus 25. So over the last 15 years of these dollar swaps, the Federal Reserve continues to change the terms, which kind of tells you they don't seem to be working in the way the Fed would like. Because if, if they were the liquidity backstop that everyone says they were, they would just need to have them open at a standard rate and just let everybody come in. They would work as a backstop. Everything, everybody would go home. The whole system would be fine. The, the world would be great and the economy would be flourishing. And no, I guess I said, second Sunday in a row, the Federal Reserve has felt compelled to do something. Now, what did they do this past Sunday, March 19th? Well, here's, here's from the press release. It got together with its five closest friends, the five usual suspects, the six of them together. We got the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, and the Swiss National Bank. Keep that one in mind. Announcing today a coordinated action to enhance the provision of liquidity via the standing U.S. dollar liquidity swap line arrangements. Again, this still is a surprise to people even to this day global U.S. dollars, euro dollar problem. If we're talking about dollar swaps, we're talking about the Fed trying to get dollars out there into the foreign land, foreign hinterlands, this is euro dollar. What does that have to do with Silicon Valley Bank, you're asking? Not a whole lot directly. So already we're getting confirmation of what we've been saying for a very long time. Dollar problem globally. That's what's been in curves more than Silicon Valley Bank and problems at regional bank, U.S. regional banks. Back to the press release. To improve the swap line's effectiveness, because why do we need to improve them? In providing U.S. dollar funding globally, the central banks currently offering U.S. dollar operations have agree agreed to increase the frequency of seven-day maturity operations from weekly to daily. These daily operations will commence Monday, March 20th, that's today, and will continue at least through the end of April. So here we have the latest change to improve the effectiveness of these dollar swaps. 
because they're not at all effective. So now we have, instead of weekly auctions, like we talked about importantly last October in Switzerland, now we're going to do these seven-day term auctions every single day, which kind of sounds like you're worried about something more substantial than a whole big nothing. That's always the natural tension with central banks. And we'll get into that to reason why they're doing what they're doing today, as well as what this might really be about. And it starts with Switzerland, or maybe a bank name that you've heard recently, Credit Suisse, but it does not end there. Of course, it doesn't end there. We wouldn't have these Sunday announcements seemingly every Sunday now. Maybe that's going to be a regular part of our weekly calendar. Let's hope not. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it, especially at times like this, where I hope I can at least help people make sense of what's going on behind the scenes, in the shadows, which is what Eurodollar University has really been. That's what it's for. That's what I invented it for. That's what I meant to do, meant to do all along. And to help you, we've got research subscriptions where you keep up on what's going on with day, every day, the daily briefing, major macroeconomic stuff, major moves and curves and markets, a deep dive analysis where we focus on deep, going deep into these topics to really understand what they're telling us. And I do have Eurodollar University memberships to go over the background, the educational stuff. How did we get this way? What is money? What is banks? What are all of these things that we're talking about? Securities lending, collateral, repo, Eurodollar.university. So what is the purpose? These dollar swaps, they keep changing them all they keep changing the terms all the time. As I said, they started out with fixed allotments, then they went to they went to unlimited allotments but changed the price. Then they made the price different. It's, like I said, they lowered it from OAS plus 100, now it's OAS plus 25. I mean, now we're doing it from weekly auctions, which were, hey, that's much better, to now we gotta improve the effectiveness to daily. I mean, you really do get the sense that there's the auctions themselves don't really do much. There's really something else going on here. And if we go back to May 6th of 2010, they kind of spilled the beans a little bit. Uh, the, the FOMC discussion, May 6th of 2010, that was just around the time of the flash crash, the European sovereign debt crisis, Greece, all that stuff that wasn't really about Greece. And it wasn't really about the flash crash on Wall Street. It was about repo. There was problems in collateral in particular that was having spillover effects globally in U.S. dollars because European banks were finding themselves in all sorts of collateral issues. So the Fed said, well, we've got these dollar swaps. Should we get them restarted again, even though it's only a couple months after we stopped using, we stopped uh, having them at the time. They've since been made permanent since 2013. But at the time, they said, let's, let's start these dollar swaps. So in May of 2010, let's go to the FOMC. Here's Ben Bernanke basically telling you his point here. Chairman Bernanke, moreover, everybody I've talked to about this in the central banking world thinks that at least as important as the direct effect on the dollar funding problems would be the psychological effects of an international coordinated effort in size that supplements the main actions. And of course, we've just said the dollar swap, direct, uh, the direct effects from the dollar swaps themselves, not a whole lot there. History has shown that time and time again, just like the discount window. When there's a lot of action at the Fed's dollar swaps, the dollar swaps don't help. They do for individual firms, but systemically, they don't stem the tide of the systemic problem that's going on. They're basically there when everybody uses them. That's how you know things are bad. 
So what they're really talking about here, as he said, the psychological effects of an international coordinated effort. What did the Fed just do yesterday on Sunday? They announced an international coordinated effort. Now, what change did they make in these dollar swaps? Doesn't matter. They got to change something so that it sounds like they're doing something. But their purpose of doing something is to tell the public they're doing something and hoping that the public takes away from that happy feelings and positive emotion. Oh, the Fed's got, I have no idea what these dollar swaps are. I have no idea what the difference between a weekly and a daily auction is. So it sounds like the Fed is doing something substantial. And by the way, they're doing it substantial with these five major central banks all over the world. It really sounds like I need to stop being nervous and just start spending freely and investing freely and doing risky things like I want to do or like the Fed wants me to do. It's all about what they call an announcement effect. They're attempting to use these announcements like the BTFP last Sunday to quiet the, to calm the markets, to soothe a bunch of nerves. And the fact that we're still talking about this, we're still talking about shares plummeting for First Republic Bank among others, tells you all you need to know about the effectiveness of either these programs directly or the stupid psychological effect. Again, as I keep saying, these are not central banks. They're pop psychologists. So the announcement effect is intended to do what? Last Sunday, the BTFP was, to intended, was intended to soothe the nerves of U.S. depositors, especially uninsured depositors. This has nothing to do with uninsured depositors in the U.S. This has everything to do with, once again, European banks, more than any. Not just European banks, but we're going to start with European banks. In one in particular, the one that you've been hearing about constantly for not just the last couple of weeks, but for months. And there's a reason for it. Uh, it's probably not the one that you're thinking of or the one that you've heard about. I'm talking about Credit Suisse, the big Swiss, Swiss bank, which is now part of UBS. Suddenly, like Bear Stearns way back when, the two have been combined and everybody's supposed to celebrate this, celebrate this combination as the successful conclusion of a of a troubled but yet brief and ultimately no big deal type of situation. Now we know that's not the case because as I've talked about many times before and will again, the lessons of Bear Stearns are being learned and acted on right now as they were in Credit Suisse all this time. I'm gonna go to the Credit Suisse numbers because there's a set of them in particular that, I, that really exemplifies my point. My point here again, going back to the Fed's dollar swaps, is global dollar shortage. And global dollar shortage refers to, first of all, dollars are not physical Federal Reserve notes or cash or gold bullion. They're actually book entries. And they're book entries that are made and kept and redistributed by global, blank, global, global banks like Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse and the Swiss banks in particular, when there used to be three major ones, now there's only one apparently, they are heavily involved in moving money, all not real money, again, book entry money all over the world because of how Switzerland was a major historical banking center tied very closely into the development and fabric of the euro dollar system itself going back to the early days. It's a central nexus, a central node in the euro dollar network, which means the Swiss banks are redistributing U.S. dollars far and wide throughout the world throughout the global economy. Credit Suisse was no different, was no different. In their quarterly statements, Credit Suisse 
has, shows, um, among other things, I mean, you look at the asset side of their balance sheet, they've got a lot of loans, they've got some trading securities, but almost a little over 10% of their assets are in the form of what they call central bank funds sold, securities purchased under resale agreements and securities borrowing transactions, essentially repo and certain other derivative funding transactions. Uh, central bank funds sold, cash sold, securities purchased under resale agreement, that's repo, except it's repo from the opposite perspective. Repurchase agreements or repo is essentially borrowing cash on a collateralized basis. You're selling a security that you own or you have, you have the ability to sell uh, today and then buying it back or repurchasing it tomorrow. Essentially getting cash today, giving you the security and then reversing everything tomorrow. So the resale is from the opposite perspective where I'm selling you, uh, 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 buying the security from you today. It gets confusing. You're buying the security from them today, so I'm giving you the cash, taking the security, and then tomorrow we unwind the transaction by I'm going to sell it back to you tomorrow and get my cash back, plus a little interest. So a huge chunk of Credit Suisse's business, its assets, not just lending to businesses in Switzerland and throughout Europe or Asia or Africa or anywhere else, but also in the short-term wholesale markets, redistributing these euro dollars through repo, collateralized transactions. How much? Well, you go back in the, the, the numbers, back at the end of the fourth quarter of 2021, back when everybody said the economy's doing really well. I mean, it's doing so well, it's overheated and inflationary. Credit Suisse showed 103.9 billion, 103.9 billion CHF, these are Swiss francs, that's a lot, even in Swiss francs, of these resale agreements. So essentially lending cash on collateral coming in and then doing some other stuff with the collateral that came in, which we don't need to get into today, maybe down the road. So 104 billion Swiss francs, that was fourth quarter of 2021. Second quarter of 2022, so the middle of last year, right when everything started to get a little bit haywire, still 104.2 billion in resales. So basically consistent with the end of fourth quarter, which you have to wonder why it wasn't increasing because in an economy that's overheating, which if it was real inflation, we would expect more money to be introduced. So, man, that's just the one bank. Maybe it's just Credit Suisse. To the third quarter, so that's the end of September. Remember September last year? Lots of stuff going on. Credit Suisse showed 107.7 billion Swiss francs in these resale agreements. So a little bit more at the end of the third quarter, at the end of the second quarter. But then... But then remember what happened into October. Suddenly we've got these Swiss dollar auctions that I've, I think you've heard me mention once or twice before since last October. We had a couple banks show up one week because they were weekly at the time, then more banks. And then for the third week in a row, we had almost $11 billion at the Swiss National Bank when normally nobody's there bidding anything at all. This was in October. Some people speculate, was, was that Credit Suisse? And Obviously, it wasn't because you had over a dozen uh, banks in, in Switzerland bidding for these dollar funds. But we know where, why, we, we have a really good idea why they were doing this. So we had 107.7 billion Swiss francs relent in resale, in resale agreements, so in lending cash into repo markets as of the end of September last year. Now, we don't have weekly or daily numbers from Credit Suisse or any of the banks, but as of their annual report, so the end of last year, what did Credit Suisse report in resales? 58.8 billion. 
That's almost half. So about half of what they were doing in the third quarter. And I will wager that a huge chunk of that reduction in resales coming from the Swiss Credit Suisse was in the first part of October. Because as I always say, when dealers get in trouble, remember this Euro dollar system is a dealer, global bank dealer driven system. When dealers see problems, when they get themselves into problems, they pull back. They pull back from these wholesale markets like repo, not just in lending cash, but also in redistributing collateral. And here we see from the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, as all this stuff was going on, the big stuff, and then the Swiss National Bank auction, dollar auctions in the early part of October, Credit Suisse, they weren't the ones at the Swiss National Bank auctions. They were the one who probably caused it because they were not lending dollars into the wholesale markets, leaving a bunch of counterparties in Switzerland and around the world to scramble for alternatives, including the Swiss National Bank auction. That's a major, major reduction. And you have to wonder because Credit Suisse, as many of the Swiss banks used to be, such heavy participants in the euro dollar redistribution function, which is a huge part of elasticity in a global reserve currency. What is that going to look like now that it's merged with UBS? What does that look like over the last week? What did that look like with all the stuff going on and the March bottleneck? So Credit Suisse, repo, less cash being lent, less securities flowing through the business. Kind of looks like what we saw over the last 10 days or so. And so, of course, what does the Federal Reserve and all the other central banks do? They come in and say, we've got it covered with these dollar swaps that never actually have anything covered. Just like with the BTFB, more stuff that's happened after, this, after the major events, after the announcements, than before or during it. These things don't work. Even if things look better today, and maybe they look better this week, the lessons of Bear Stearns are being learnt all over the Eurodollar system. And not learnt for the first time, but learnt many times over, with Credit Suisse providing yet another example. And if Credit Suisse is pulling back on their dealer activities and repo and collateral, others may be doing the same thing. Not to the same extent, because they're not in the same boat, not yet, but they're all pulling back. And we can see this in any number of ways in real time including, as I mentioned last week, 0% rates on T-bills. I'll give you another one, something that's happening today. Japanese government bond bills, which is a global euro-dollar collateral shortage, strains, run measure. Three-month Japanese government bond bills have been, shoo, we're at minus 28. That's about the same or a little bit less than last September and October. Seeing the same things happen, because it's a mon it's not as the Fed isn't central banks. These overseas dollar swaps don't work. The Fed tries to, to create elasticity and make the system function through psychological effects of a, this announcement function when real dealers providing virtual currency through these book entry, this massive book entry system, this world spanning book entry system are doing less and less and less. Are they going to be, are, are the money dealers globally going to be more willing to, to participate in resales and collateral securities lending after Credit Suisse? Or are they going to be, like after Bear Stearns, less willing to do the same things, which is going to create problems as 
dealers pull back, liquidity dries up, markets become less functionable, it all becomes the self-reinforcing downward spiral. So again, like Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank, this isn't really about Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse is merely the weakest one, the first one we're seeing exposed to this systemic retreat. And all that is tied into the fact that most of these banks, most of these economists, most of these central bankers really thought 2021 was about inflation when it never really was. I'm Jeff. This is your Rhode Island University. Thank you very much for joining me. I do appreciate it. And I really, really can't thank enough our Eurodollar University members, as well as all the research subscribers. Again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. And until next time, do take care.